want the sure. world to be run by extroverts? If we had to pick one, would you want it to be run by extroverts or introverts? Definitely introverts. Right? That's, that would be my choice. <laughs> like, no question. Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today, we're talking with Krista about introversion and extroversion, which is... A topic that I have, I'm surprised that we've never talked about before because I feel like it's something that, like, especially during the pandemic, right, um, has has come up sort of in terms of needing more introversion, <laughs> at least for me. Um, but anyway, Krista, why don't you just give a quick little bio, anything you think the audience should know about you? Hi, I'm Krista. I am a, I would say, like a classic introvert. Um, for uh, like work, cause that's usually part of my bio. I'm a website copywriter and strategist. So I own a company where I'm helping people create the messaging and the strategy for their websites. Um, and I live in Los Angeles. Awesome. Um, so what made you interested in talking about like introversion, extroversion? Is that something you've been having conversations about a lot recently or like, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts? Your yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's becoming more of a conversation point in general. Like some people call it like an introvert revolution. I sort of, I think my first like introduction to the concept of like being an introvert is not like worse than being an extrovert, which is how I kind of grew up thinking about it. Um, was it was this book called Quiet, I think. Okay. Have you guys heard of that book? No. Um, written by somebody who was basically you know, walking through what introversion is, what it's not, and um, why it's not like a deviation from the normal, which is extroversion, or why it's not like worse than extroversion, I guess. I think growing up, I had this idea that it was like less valuable than somebody who was an extrovert. So yeah, that's why, yeah. So I, I talk about it now sometimes in terms of just you know, there's a movement for like introverted business owners because I feel like introverts tend to get underestimated still, even though it's being talked about a little bit more now. Um, and we do make good leaders and we do make good business owners and we're good at marketing ourselves and, and doing all those things that maybe historically were thought of as the realm mm -hmm. of extroverts. Yeah. You know, when I think of like the extrovert leaders, like in like a business setting or like a marketing setting, I often think of like shitty people. You know, <laughs> like I often think of people that are like really annoying or like, you know, like, sure. Like, I think charisma, I don't think it's overvalued, but I think it's often, you know, intertwined with like being, you know, inherently good in some way. But I've met some very terrible charismatic people in my life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, I mean, totally. I feel like the idea of a leader is always somebody who is like. Yeah, it's it almost like starts and ends with like charisma, which is so strange because that has nothing to do with the actual job of leading people. But it does. Um, maybe it does like galvanize people in a different way. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I low key agree with you. Communication. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a style of communication, a charismatic style. Right. But it doesn't have to, it isn't the only one. And I know. feel like there's so like the only I feel like we oh, we I, I would say that we do actually overvalue it because I feel like the only times you ever see a lot of CEOs or leaders is when they're doing like public speaking, basically, mm -hmm. which is like I would say probably a minority percentage of the job. It depends on how big the business is and what the business does, obviously. 
But like, you know, yeah. most of what you do, Krista, is probably not public speaking, right? As like the owner of a company, right? Sure. Yeah. And and even public speaking, like I consider myself a pretty good public speaker. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think public speaking is the realm mm-hmm. of the extrovert yeah. at all. I, you know, I don't yeah, think that maybe, has much I to mean, do with it. Maybe it's worth getting into like some of the things that are like often ascribed to introverts that maybe don't have to be true. Like I feel like an introvert doesn't have to be shy, for example. Right. They don't have to be like nervous. Like these are <laughs> things that I think that we ascribe to people that are introverted. But, you know, I think there have been all, there's been a lot of discourse recently about how like things are just way more nuanced than that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, something I think about a lot is so I had a period where I was like teaching English in Spain for an elementary school. So they were like teaching their elementary school students how to speak English. Um, and they had this lesson one day that was essentially about like introversion versus like extroversion. It was like wrapped up in this conversation of like different personality traits and they were learning like vocabulary, whatever. Um, but for like seven year olds learning a second language, like introvert, extrovert are like huge words. So they just like, like, uh, boiled them down to two totally different words, (laughs) which were shy and confident. (laughs) Yeah. Which feels really emblematic of that. (laughs) Right. So like we all had to go around the room and like it came to me and they're like, are you shy or confident? Which is just like a really (laughs) weird thing to ask people. But like I felt the pressure to say shy, even though like I'm confident, like I'm I feel confident, secure and at peace with myself. And to me, that's confidence. But I knew if I said that what it meant to them was like extroverted and they would have pushed back. It would have been this whole thing where I'm trying to explain in English to seven-year-old <laughs> Spanish speakers what I meant. And I was like, this is not the time for this. So I was just like, I think I'm shy. And they were all like, you know, like nodded in agreement. Um, it's literally like them asking, like, are you dope or are you like a little baby bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, yeah. So And you're like, I guess I'm a little baby bitch. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah and then everyone is like mm-hmm, i see that for you. yes <laughs> um what is, so what if you as someone that like you know self-describes as an introvert like how would you define it at its most basic level yeah so this is not like a definition that you're gonna you know like read verbatim anywhere but i think for me introversion is all about being energized by the ability to like be in quiet spaces and look inward. So, you know, I get energized. I like to be alone a lot. I like to be in intimate spaces with like one to two to maybe like three people where we're like talking through our inner world type of stuff Um, versus I think an extrovert would more get energized by being like having a lot of things externally going on. So like being at like a festival where there's like a lot of things happening externally, like they're not really thinking about themselves or like the inner worlds of other people in those moments. Like they're having bigger group conversations. They're at parties, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I feel like we have not like prior to some number of years ago, I feel like talking about the introversion, extroversion sort of spectrum is sort of a relatively newer phenomenon. I do not think that when we were like kids that that was something that anyone really talked about very yeah. much. And like now we've sort of glommed onto that as like a paradigm and we probably over-indexed on it because like, you know, now I feel like it it means a little bit less given that we have sort of started to redefine it in this way of like, 
where do you derive energy from? Because I'm sure most people are then just like both in, right. in different contexts. Yeah, I was going right? to say, I feel like we like, this is yet another thing that I think we're like dichotomizing really aggressively. That is almost certainly a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Like it has to be, <laughs> there has to be room for people in the middle. And I think that, I think that's where and I And I fall. think it's partially like the, yeah, I think the internet has also made us talk a lot more about introversion because I feel as if like so much of our lives are now happening on the internet and historically the people who are already on the internet all the time were probably more introverted people because like they were on their computers as opposed to mm-hmm. out, you know, yeah. whatever at parties or something. I don't know. I feel like there's really been a well, rise of the... It's interesting that you say that because to me, the internet still feels like socialization to me. So really like I am not on Twitter deliberately. And like my partner, Steven is like a classic extrovert and loves Twitter Mm -hmm. um, because like, it's all this sort of like, uh, it can be nuanced, but because it's so short and fast that often it's like these like hot takes and it's like, it feels like walking into a party to me. Interesting. Um, So I'm like, I like get pretty drained even by like Instagram or Facebook, which are like less that yeah. than Twitter or like TikTok. Like I go on, I'll go on for like 30 minutes and then I'm like, oh my God, I got to get out of this room. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think like the idea of like the internet introvert is real. Like I know, I know those people that you're talking about who like prefer the, the safety of like interacting through the internet versus like interacting in person. Um, But yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like there, maybe it's not like it's it's certainly overgeneralizing to be like everyone on the internet, but I feel like there's definitely been this subculture of like, you know, internet people who have been like, yes, like, you know, you know, we need to like value introverts more, you know? Um, Yeah. I don't know if I can necessarily name like where those people are, <laughs> but like I feel like it's sure. just sort of ambiently been osmosizing into like my feeds. There's a lot of like pro introversion content, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know. Do you guys like identify with one or the other, or have you thought about um, it at all? Well, I I definitely like pre pandemic. I was like hardcore, like a hundred percent extrovert. But now I feel like out of necessity during the pandemic, I have had to become more introverted. Otherwise, I was just going to suffer. Like, <laughs> so I had to sort of like just accept it a lot more, you know, and be like, oh, OK, I can find uh-huh. other things that I can. Because I like, you know, when I actually like look, use that lens to look back on what I was like growing up, I did read a lot. And I was like, I, there were activities that I enjoyed that I like don't do as much anymore because I feel like college really ruined reading for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like (laughs) that, you know, I, I'm starting, you know, I did get back into like during the pandemic because I couldn't go out and see people, you know? Yeah. I think, I think my story is somewhat similar to Isabella's. I was first introduced like in depth to the like introvert extrovert dichotomy, um, in like student leadership in college when we took a Myers-Briggs test and you know, the first letter in the Myers-Briggs is like whether you're an introvert or introvert or an extrovert. And that's when I sort of like defined myself as being intensely extroverted, you know, like on that specific, on that specific test that I took, I was like, you know, one point away from being as extroverted as you could be. Um, And, you know, I think that that has definitely 
mellowed a lot as I've gotten older and as I've as pandemic stuff has been happening. You know, it's been like um it's been like I've just I've just grown to really enjoy my alone time when I get it. I feel like I just don't need it as much. I you know, I when I'm alone, I play video games and I think that I get to do that like once a week. You know, I I'm generally too busy. <laughs> um and you know, I think before like especially in college and right out of college, like I was just like running away from myself, right? I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. Um, and now I think I'm more at peace with myself. Uh, I'm just like, I just default to wanting to hang out with somebody over not wanting to hang out with somebody, you know? I spend, I spend like yeah. one, no, I'll, sp I'll say I spend like 5% of my time or 10% of my time on my own, which is not a lot. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and there's also like, you know, I think they're like to your point that this has been overly like made into like an yeah. overly simplified binary that there are so many like mitigating factors, you know, like I can think of times where I didn't like being alone as much because I like wasn't dealing with like personal life shit and I didn't want to think about it. So I was like, I'm going to go yeah. out and be more social than usual. Or I'm going to spend like way more time on social media it did still like drain me. Like I felt exhausted, but I was kind of chasing that feeling. Right. Because I didn't, didn't yeah. want the like energy yeah. I to think stay I have, alone. I think that um, maybe one of my, like one big defining social trait for myself was I feel like I'm, I have kind of an infinite gas take. Like I know I'm aware of when I'm getting like fatigued and when I want to like be not doing things, but I can go for as long as I have to, you know, like, um, I will never have to like, I will never have to take a step away. I, I will just be like, damn, I really would like to take a step away right now, you know, <laughs> which is, which is, mm -hmm. I think a toxic yeah. trait. Like, it'd be great if I like, it'd be great if I could be like, <laughs> you know, I should take, take a night alone tonight. But instead I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like exhausted and would like to play video games tonight, but fuck it. We, we got stuff planned. We're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, you know what? That's funny. Like when I when I think of like now that I'm I'm like trying to like think of like all the memes that I'm talking about, and I feel like there's so many memes about the classic like canceling plans. Being, oh, it's like, like heroin. Rush. You know what I'm talking about? Right. It's so yeah. Good. <laughs> but even as an extrovert, right. you feel like that's younger, right? Yeah, no, because it's like yeah, it's like oh, I get to yeah. I get to now sit in my room by myself for seven hours and play video games until my eyes bleed. Like, yeah, that sounds sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, especially like when I lived in New Orleans for six months and I didn't really have a lot of friends there. I I think similar to what you're saying, Isabel, had to like I had to figure out how to find some satisfaction within myself because I was just otherwise just going to be super unhappy for six months. Right. Um, yeah. And and in that way, I'm I'm very grateful for that time in my life because now I feel like I can do it. Whereas before I would, you know, I felt very I, I was desperate when I was by myself for more than like an evening. So interestingly, like I have had multiple times in my life, the opposite experience. Like, so I enjoy being by myself or like with like one, like if I have one friend or something, like I'm like, go. I'm set, like I'm good. I can see this person once a week and no one else and I'm great. But then, you know, then it's like, oh, they're out of town or something. And you're like, Fuck, like I really need more friends than one person, right? Like, and you just sort of realize that like relationships are important to you. And like, it is important to like have 
you know, like something of a friend group or of like a social network in person. Um, so like what I've had to do is like create systems for myself to like remind me to do that because I don't feel like I have the same inner like desperation. I don't know if desperation is <laughs> right. Maybe that's too strong. Like, like inner motivation maybe to like do that naturally. So I will like, you know, I'll do things that seem really embarrassing. Like if anyone were to see them, but I guess I'm going <laughs> to admit it now on this podcast, we'll like have like, so I'll have like a, like, I'll like make, you know, you make goals for yourself and like on the goal list, I'll be like, I want to have like four close friends that are in my actual city. And so then I'll like break that down into systems where like, I'm going to go to like this number of events and I'm going to find people that I connect with. And then I'm going to like reach out to them like once yeah. a week, you know, and I'll like break it down so specifically. So yeah. And it's, it's been effective, but it, it's kind of embarrassing to think about that I have to do that. And like, I do love like making friends and I like connect with people really well, I feel like, but it isn't something that is, um, front of mind a lot I like, because I'm I like so the comfortable being alone. The implicit acknowledgement that this is like ultimately a numbers game. <laughs> you're like, you're like, if I do this <laughs> and I do this like X times a week, I will almost certainly result in X amount of friends. <laughs> Yeah, like if I work backwards, backwards from the goal, I need. <laughs> how do people yeah. make friends? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. but I mean, it works. So, pro <laughs> tip for any so out there. Are the, what are the what are the like some of the events that you maybe would force yourself to go to? Like, are they like concerts or like meetup groups? Yeah, so I usually look for events where I'm like mm-hmm. talking to people. Um, right. So like not like a concert or not like something where you're just sort of like watching a talk and then like there's a very good chance yeah. that like you can leave without talking to anybody. So yeah, like meetup groups. So I met a lot of friends through like book clubs and things like that where it like facilitates conversations. Um, and then basically, you know, having my little like goal in mind, I would connect with somebody that I felt like yeah. oh, I can be this. I can be a friend, you know, to this person. Like I feel like we connect and then I would, you know, get their number and then I would. Remind, remind myself to follow up just kind of like you would in, in business networking, but like, you know, mm-hmm. the goal was friendship. Uh, so shout out to <laughs> any of my friends listening. Um, maybe <laughs> this is how I met you. <laughs> this, is, this is my evil plan. Do you, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I have a couple of questions and then they're, they're kind of disparate. So I'll ask the first one. Um, I forgot it. So I'm gonna ask the second one. Do you count, um, do you count like socializing with your partner? Like where does that fall in like the energizing, non-energizing or just like neutral for you? Uh, so I would say my partner is like slightly to the right of neutral. So definitely it's not the same as like socializing with even like a close friend. It's different. Like if we live together, it's like pretty intimate. So we're together a lot, but there are times probably once a week where I like banish him to another room or I ask him to leave because <laughs> I'd need like a full alone time where like, I'm not afraid of somebody like even like walking into the room or like knocking to interrupt to be like, yeah. where the milk or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's pretty neutral, but they're, you know, it's not the same as yeah. fully I kind of feel being alone. This feels like socialization for sure, but it doesn't, you know, it like, there will be times I feel like I need less time away from it than I would need from, you know, like it does feel like yeah. more like a neutral state for me than not. But also there are times where I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to play games in a room that you're not in for a long time. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, 1,000. Because, I mean, there's something just, like, even the the possibility of being observed, I feel like, does, like, there's, like, yeah. a slight light blanket on your psyche without awareness. Yeah. And I think on the other side, for me, it's also, like, this feels like socialization light. Like, it doesn't scratch the itch of, like, going out and doing an activity or hanging out with a lot of friends exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, this is, like, nice and obviously we're coexisting. But it's, like half of both of the things if it makes sense or a little bit of both it's like a little bit like a little bit recharge time and a little bit socialization time depending on what we're doing yeah absolutely totally depends on what you're doing too yeah is it because do you think the the root of that is because it feels as if you have to do less performing with your partner than you would for some random person you don't know or for a friend or something like that? yeah i think that like you're it's getting at the thing right it's like this feels like you know, the performing for me, like being on, quote unquote, is the thing that makes me feel like exhausted, you know, and I do not feel like I need to be on with my partner. Um, but also, you know, there's something there's something like recharging for me about having like the back and forth of banter that you get with like hanging out with someone at a dinner that you're also not going to get from like normal conversation with your partner or just like hanging out. That's what it looks like for me. What about you? Yeah, I think you're I think you're right, Isabel, that it is about a little, at least in some regard, like about performance. Like, I think there's a level of trust with like either like a really close friend or a partner or maybe like your kid or something like any immediate family member that's just around you all the time. You get to this place of like, I trust that I can be totally unguarded and maybe do something like rude or just like super weird. And they're not going to like feel like the relationship is threatened so that you you can sort of relax into a little more and not have to worry about mm-hmm. like how they're perceiving you. Yeah. yeah. Um another question I have is like when you're with you know as someone that identifies as an introvert, when you're with people, do you feel like you're a good conversationalist? Do you feel like you're like, you know, for lack of a better term, like personable or charismatic like when you're talking to people? Um, (laughs) Um, (laughs) listeners weigh in, but, uh, I would say yes. Um, yes, except for when I am in a social situation, like against my will. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I'm just being petty, but I do, you know, you, you sometimes get wrapped in like a lot of times this happens on like Uh when you're traveling, cause traveling feels social a lot of times and like. Or you're like, especially if you're staying with somebody and you like don't really have time to like be alone at all. So like sometimes in those instances, like I feel a need to retreat inside my own brain. And so I'm not very engaged, not asking good questions. I'm probably not like giving good feedback to questions like they're asking me. Um, So in those cases, no, but I would say like most of my social interactions like happen, you know, I'll, I'll like plan them out and then I will like make sure that I'm like rested and like showing up with mm-hmm. like full energy tank. And in those moments, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of my partner who I think would identify as like, you know, introverted or whatever. Um, similarly as like, I think that she views herself as not good with people or like not a good conversationalist, but mm. I think that like she's actually like yeah similar to what you're saying like quite a good conversationalist very good with people um unless it's just like you know time to leave or she's in a place where she doesn't want to be 
And I'm also not, I'm also yeah. <laughs> notably like very not good at conversation if I'm at a place I don't want to be or if I'm like bored or if I'm like whatever, you know, like if I'm like at a work mixer, like I'm not the guy that's like, you know, chatting it up with four of my coworkers and laughing about bullshit, you know, like that's not. Yeah, me. I think I, I feel like as a general trend, like in society, I feel like our tolerance for that kind of interaction has just gone down <laughs> overall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like we're just so like not. I think it's probably part of a broader like trend in like being disenchanted with professionalism and like the workplace mm, and like having mm-hmm. to do all the bullshit that I feel like our pre- parents and previous generations seemed like they were more willing to go through for the sake of career advancement. Yeah. Than yeah, we I'm, are. Not, I'm not going right? to do that shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like not <laughs> trying to do that anymore. I'm not coming. Right? I'm sorry. Like, I'm not coming. Yeah. I really hope that is correct. <laughs> I would love it if all of that like surface level fake interactions stuff like just disappeared from the world. I'd be so happy. Right? Like, yeah. Um, this is reminding me of a there's a kind of a viral video going around the internet right now of a dude. He's a Peloton instructor and he's like a funny coach. And his name's Cody. Oh, man. Um, okay. And he is like in the middle of a session and he's like, what I tell you all about this cash bar? If there's a cash bar, don't invite me. <laughs> and, it, and my connection here is that I feel like often at times I like work happy hours or like some reception, there's a cash bar. Right. And I feel like a cash oh, bar is indicative okay. of a place that I don't want to be. you know like i'm not gonna like go buy a seven dollar cocktail from a from a bartender and then like stand in a circle with my coworkers. like it's not gonna happen yeah yeah i mean i think any place where the like mark of somebody who's like good with people means like the ability to be the center of a large group of people like by the strength of your Mm -hmm. own like gravitas i guess is like a space i'm not (laughs) gonna enjoy like, um, so, like the meta like of I having like, to be yeah. in a group of people that like you don't know and be the person who's like doing yeah. the creative work of having to come up with a topic. I feel like I'm less willing to do now than I was before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's because like I've become less interested in people, which is something that I, I feel like would make me sad about that. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's trajectory. my that's my killer. Yeah. Like. But also, <laughs> like, you know, which is hilarious because we're podcast hosts. Right, right. But like, you know how um, so there so what, we had a live show before the pandemic and there was um, this woman, Carlin, who was at our live show and she was really into like the hashtag no new friends. Like, you know, I've had enough friends like we, don't, we don't, I don't need to like go through the like hurdles of like, you know, making a, like pushing an acquaintance up the tier, like the rungs of acquaintanceship friendship close friendship or whatever anymore because like that's such an exhausting <laughs> process um mm-hmm. and i feel like i at the at the time two years ago pre-pandemic when she said that i was like really opposed to that whole concept and now i kind of get it a little more you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you think like changed for you like know. why is, I, why has that changed for you like like i remember there was uh the moment that that really um felt like a definitive moment for me uh in like the last five years or so of like that 
um, not tolerating like social situations I don't want to be in anymore is I was at, so I play, I play Ultimate Frisbee and one of the biggest um, beach Ultimate Frisbee tournaments is in Wildwood, New Jersey every year in the summer. And I was at Wildwood with a huge group of, you know, my friends from college. And there's this one guy who is insufferable on the team. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, like there was, we were cheap as hell then. So we were trying to not like all the hotels that are actually by the beach all get booked. And like, they're like three times the price during Wildwood because like people fly yeah. in from like New Zealand for this particular tournament. And so we were we were staying 45 minutes away in like a campsite, Oof. basically, in a lean-to. <laughs> and so we were oh like God. driving back to the lean-to. And uh, this guy, I was in the car <laughs> with this guy. And it's he was trying to, and we were like, it was like five people in this car. It was like totally full. And uh, he was trying to, he was literally trying to like narrate he had live tweeted his game first of all this the reason why this guy was so obnoxious is because he takes ultimate way more seriously than the rest of us because like the whole point of a beach tournament is you just sit there and like drink beer and you know play frisbee on the beach right it's like a very it's supposed to be a very casual thing and he was taking right. it if way it was too like, seriously. If it was a serious tournament, it wouldn't be on the beach. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The beach is notoriously not a good place to play competitive sports unless it's beach ball. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it's just so like, the, the, he was totally like not getting the assignment. Like, <laughs> he was like trying to play super competitively. He was like, we were all on a LEM team and he was like, oh, your team's not competitive enough for me. I'm going to go join this team. Like, with my dad and these other sort of like 40 plus people. And so he had live (laughs) tweeted his game and was reading us the tweets. And in that moment, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. We were stopped at a red light and I just got out of the car. I was just like, I can't be in this situation anymore. (laughs) Holy shit. Well, that's an extreme reaction. I know. That was literally the first time I'd ever had that kind of like, oh, I can't tolerate this social situation anymore. This tracks this tracks for your pattern of behavior. Oh my I know. god. <laughs> so this tracks. I feel like ever since then I've been like, oh, if I'm in a situation like I don't want to be in, I can literally just leave. Like doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's empowering though. Right? It is empowering. <laughs> for me, if I can't leave for whatever reason, like then I I think I have been in situations where I'm sure people have felt that I was actually not very talkative or not very personable because I will just not say anything. Like if I'm just like in a situation where I'm not, where like I feel like I really don't like the people that are, you know, speaking right now, or if I'm just like not engaged, I will like literally just like retreat inside of my own head, you know? And I'm just like, totally. you know, I'm just like present in this room and that's kind of it. Yeah. You know? Krista, I wonder, like, so one thing that I, when we were talking with Sarah on her episode, um, on the disability episode, um, was we were, like, talking about, like, okay, like, do you feel like the world was sort of, like, designed more for people, you know, who are not you? And actually, it was, it was her, her response was really interesting because she was like, no, actually, I feel like, especially, you know, now that everything is online and people are very sedentary, it's, like, kind of becoming more designed for people like me. And I'm curious whether you think that the... The yeah. like part of why this is such a salient issue is because like 
Do you feel like the world is sort of more designed for extroverted people? Uh, that is a good question. Um, is it more designed for extroverted people? I would say extroverted people are still more rewarded than introverted people for, you know, the ability to, you know, very quickly make like pleasant, but possibly not very deep social connections. Um, like, I think there are a lot of spaces where that's rewarded just because we're, you know, we're a society and we're like constantly yeah. interacting with people we don't know or whatever. Um, is the world designed more for extroverts? I don't know. I don't know if I would say yes. I don't know if I would like confidently say no either. Um, I'm wondering if you guys, do you guys have like more yeah, thoughts? I feel like, them? yes. I don't know. I mean, like similarly to what you said, I feel like society really rewards extreme extroversion. Like even if, even if it yeah. kind of, as you were hinting at, does not come with, you know, like a depth of, or an in, in increase in like, depth of meaningful relationships you know like i think that yeah whether it be like professionally you know i feel like i've seen people go up the chain in management just off the strength of being like charismatic alone you know yeah absolutely yeah i think the way that from a workplace perspective a lot of workplaces are designed is like so many of the things that are the tests or the metrics for your quote-unquote performance are like inherently socially based, right? Like, you know, when you're getting a job, right? Like doing an interview yeah. is like an inherently sort of like social sort of performative thing that you have to be good at, even if it's totally irrelevant to the job, right? Yeah. And like, at least, I think it depends on, it, it varies by the workplace, but like at least I used to work at Fannie Mae and at Fannie Mae, it was extremely like a, you got to play the politics in a very particular way to like go up the chain of command and stuff like that. Um. Which I'm sure is not really the case yeah. at all places, or it's like definitely more or less so at different workplaces. But like in a lot of these more sort of big companies, I feel like that's like the only way for that to work, you know? And maybe there are places doing cool things to try to, because I think this is part of the conversation a lot more, to try to do things that are going to reward things mm. that are, you know, I don't know, more associated with introversion in the workplace more. I think I feel like I've heard mm -hmm. of, you know, I don't know, places like Google trying to do things like that, but I don't know if I have any specific like things that come to mind. Yeah. I mean, even like, like social media algorithms, I feel like reward extroverts a lot more. I mean, we're seeing the move to it's, it's like shorter content, video content, especially like these like very high energy <laughs> videos, which it's not necessarily, it's not like all introverts are like low energy, but I feel like that's an association, right? Like we tend to be more reserved. We tend to be less like expressive, at least like in the same way. Um, and that, that gets rewarded less even online. I think like, I know, I think also associated with introversion is this like, is the idea of like introspection and like being really aware of like the gray areas and the contradictions. And that is really hard to like get across quickly. So I know like a lot of introverts prefer to do like formats like podcasting or blogging or writing books or like doing, if they're doing video, like long form video stuff where they have the ability to like give space and like airtime to nuance. Um, but that kind of stuff like isn't 
rewarded, I think, as much as like the quick hit, like hot take <laughs> stuff that, you know, like drains everything yeah, out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's, yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that before, but yeah, I agree. Well, it's like when we talk about um, like we had an episode about TikTok and when we talk about like the, the reason part of the reason why TikTok has been so successful is because their algorithm like prioritizes short form content, which gives them so many more data points than like a YouTube video in terms of like trying to collect information yeah. on what you want to see. And so just by nature of these totally sort of almost unrelated factors, like the short form and the like, you know, hot take, whatever format is just almost always going to be prioritized in the algorithmic world more and more as like, you know, data becomes more supreme in our lives. Yeah. Right. Although, I mean, I guess the one thing that came to mind is like a contradiction to this uh, yeah. point of view would be like podcasts, like podcasts yeah. tend to be really long. Like even the short ones are like 20 minutes. Right. So that's like pretty long compared to every other like media. Um, and they do really well. And like, I haven't looked it up recently, but most podcasts have like really good stats on like how long people mm-hmm. listen through. Like most people listen through like most of the way versus like, you know, videos on YouTube. I'm yeah. not sure if mm-hmm. that's the same case, especially if they're like an hour and a half or whatever, like yeah. podcasting get mm-hmm. really long. Do you have a that's TikTok, Krista? I have a TikTok that I use as a consumer. I haven't posted a damn thing and I don't have like friends on there, but I do have a TikTok to just like see what's happening yeah. in the TikTok world. Like I enjoy watching them. I'm still yeah. resisting. <laughs> yeah. To get one at all. <laughs> so no, you no, like no. haven't I, seen I mean, any see them on Instagram, right? Yeah. TikTok is, TikTok is, you know, you it's see them like reposted. omnipotent, right? It's like, it, I, I, uh-huh. it's amazing. I think that as a non TikTok account haver, I still consume probably like, five to ten per day mm-hmm. just like through instagram and through twitter interesting you know yeah that video i referenced of the peloton guy that's a tiktok and I, it made it to, it made it over to instagram mm-hmm. you know? uh, okay god yeah tiktok is so like one of my favorite tiktoks is literally just this guy trying boba tea for the first <laughs> time <laughs> have you seen this no, like he just tries great. it and he, he's like oh my god somebody told me i had to get this tea with the baba like, <laughs> And then he like drinks it and like one of the bobas like goes up into his straw and like into his mouth and he's so shocked that he like spits it out and he's like, anyway, I cannot recreate it here on the podcast, <laughs> but uh, I think if you Googled like boba tea guy TikTok or something, it'd come up. It's uh, it's super stupid and super funny. <laughs> wow. That sounds great. I'm going to, well, hold on. <laughs> Just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think also the the paradigm of like more like there's absolutely like what you're talking about Krista with like the sort of the the people who are trying to sort of like push back I think on the like um the people who are trying to slow down basically like you know we're all recognizing mm-hmm. that this cycle is happening and we're trying to sort of like slow down the the cycle and like you know there's definitely people who are like out there doing their like cottagecore content or they're just like you know really like I feel like more and more often you're starting to see people who are actually successfully like on a lot of these platforms and are not doing the like super manic like you know in your face type of you know reels or like type of videos and who are just like like there's this guy i don't know if either of you 
have seen him like Tyler Gaka, who is just like this queer sort of like, mm. you know, he speaks in this like very kind of like calming voice. And he just like, you know, like tells you about like things he's thinking about. And like, I feel like there's more and more people who are kind of doing that kind of thing. And people are, you know, into it obviously, because now it's like getting surfaced more in the algorithm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely am drawn to that kind right? of content, yeah. too. Like, yeah, especially like somebody just talking to you. I also like. It's almost like if I'm going to watch a long video, it's probably going to be like an interview or somebody just yeah. talking um, and I'm probably not going to watch the video like I'm just going <laughs> to listen to it, like I'm going to open it and then like walk around and do other yeah. stuff. Um. But yeah, versus like video content that is like certain YouTubers, certain TikTokers will even on Instagram, like they'll have like so many things like flashing across the screen as they're yeah. like mm-hmm. doing their main video. And it's really like, yeah, it's really overstimulating. Yeah. It makes me feel really like almost like motion yeah. sick. I feel like so, Krista, if you're in a situation like maybe like it's like a birthday party or like people are coming out to see you. Are you like, how do you feel about like being the center of attention in a group of your friends? Uh, not great. I, I really, I can't remember the last time I hosted a birthday party actually, um, because I don't really like that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I would say not great. I mean, it's not like the worst. It does feel nice. I think to like get attention from people. But it also feels like a lot of pressure to me Um, and like a lot of pressure to like have fun, I think is where, you know, which is obviously the the number one ingredient you need to like not have fun is to like feel a lot of pressure to be having. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the reasons I do not ever want to have a wedding, actually, because like every time I go to them and I see like especially for like if there's a woman in the wedding, like especially for the bride, like so much attention is on her that it's It's like like, kind of a spectacle yeah it always I always end up thinking like oh my god like I would die I think like I don't know if I would (laughs) do that as well (laughs) yeah I'm kind of into it that's like the narcissist in me you know I think most people I mean so many people have weddings right people yeah but not even like the wedding thing you know like my birthday parties are like giant and often centered around me in some way (laughs) Like you have a cake with your face on no, it, like that level. But like, you well, you know, had like shirts with hot... your face on it one year, right? Yeah, that's true. But I didn't, I didn't design the shirt. I didn't sure. know what was happening. But yes, but you were there fine was a with it. With my you were not on. like, opposed. oh, I love, I loved it. Yeah. yeah, I was obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 and like, you know, I loved like the feeling, like when we were doing our live show on the podcast for the podcast. You know, like I love the feeling of there being. 60 people and like you know performing for them i like performing i like performing music on stage too so there's that aspect of nice well i think we associate narcissism a lot more with extroversion which is probably why when you said the very beginning a lot of extroverts are kind of shitty people yeah it's like do we want the world to be run by extrovert if we had to pick one would you want it to be run by extroverts or introverts definitely introverts right that's that would be my choice Like, no question. It would just be so much quieter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Although, counterpoint to this, like, so, like, one of, like, the, like, the definition of, like, psychological introversion is being, like, focused Mm -hmm. inwardly. So, like, you could, like, have, if you, like, take that definition and, like, really dig in, like, you could say that, like, introverts are, like, way more myopic than 
extroverts and like could have a tendency to be more narcissistic they just maybe wouldn't be as like loud about it like maybe, yeah like i mean do we if we were if we're, if we're in this realm of like totally generalizing do we feel as if one is more likely yeah. to like like, <laughs> like in that same vein do you feel like extroverts would be more likely to be more empathetic i don't know i don't know if it's like fair to say like one is more empathetic yeah. than the other like i can only speak from my perspective and i feel like being uh like associated with introversion definitely helps me feel more empathy only because I feel like I'm really in touch with my own experience mm-hmm. and like the different levels that are there. Um, and also I'm really interested in the inner worlds of other people. Yeah. So I feel like it extends to other people and like, maybe I'm like really not that interested in like what your favorite movie is, you know, like, but I am really interested in like, what is like the thing that you've embarrassed, like, like has been most embarrassing or like, what is the thing you're proudest of or something like yeah, that? Like, Right. Like what, what like fuels shame for you? Or like these questions that are like really interesting to me where it like forces people to like start thinking and like digging into the layers of nuance Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, And I think this is where the nuance gets injected into just like people. Right. And like the kind of conversation topics that they like to have. Like I was hanging with a friend yesterday and she is like, I think also would identify as like an extreme extrovert, but she loves to like meet someone like you know at a party or meet someone at a function or like you know strike up some small talk with somebody and we'll you know chat with them about like never anything deep like she prefers not to get deep with them and that that brings her joy you know and she's and she identifies as an extrovert and i identify as an extrovert and that sounds like my fucking nightmare you know (laughs) really you know i do not i don't care about like most things that you know like sure i i recognize that like it's important to for people to feel like they can talk about their dog and for me to listen to that and i will <laughs> but like i just generally don't care that much you know yeah and, like i'm like so maybe yeah, yeah you know i'm just like i'm just like doing a i'm like doing the socializing thing when i when i am you know yeah so maybe it's like not that attack maybe it's just like a separate trait that tends to be like more associated with one or the other but it's not necessarily like hard and fast mm-hmm. exactly like a rule and this is where like, the dichotomy think, like might fail a little bit you know right yeah like my partner who is a classic extrovert like one of the things that i both love and clash with with him is he loves to do what he calls like shooting the shit with people (laughs) where he just like has these like Seinfeld level conversations with people where it's just like, he just wants to talk about like a YouTube video that they saw recently Mm -hmm. or like, you know, what's been happening for them that week, you know? And like, I am like, Oh, this is so boring. And like, he really gets freaked out when people like come on too strong and like dump emotional stuff on him, which Mm. isn't really cool to do. But like when people do that in like a social setting, I'm kind of like, I like that shit. Lean, lean. <laughs> yeah, I like Because I'm like, I, wait I like a that. minute. Like, something weird is happening here, and I, like, want to figure out, like, what's going on yeah. for them, that they're, like, doing this odd thing. But he wants it to be more, like, surface level and, like, fun and happy, right. which is great, like, when I bring him to, like, family dinners or something, like, because that's, yeah. that's where I want to keep the conversation at, at those types of events. Like, I don't want to get, like, deep and vulnerable yeah. with them. So... Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny how deviation. we assume, like, when you say, like, oh, that's, like, not a cool thing to do, is, like, we have these assumptions about what other people want from us based off of, yeah, you know, our assumptions around extroversion and introversion, right? Because, uh, like you said, some people really only want to have, like, the deep emotional conversations, right? 
<laughs> like if someone if i catch a whiff of someone being like sad or discontented or like having any kind of feeling like that like i'm gonna probe because i because that's exactly like that's where the meat is right like that's like we're guaranteeing to have like some kind of interesting and like you know somewhat weighty conversation right yeah exactly like it's so interesting to me yeah you're like what is what is going on with you're you like, or I'm like, like oh so what's what's going on and like did you did you have a breakup recently what's happening how's dating going <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. Um, um and i'm happy to lock in with one person at a function like that you know mm-hmm. yeah same i usually do end up doing that and enjoy it um but i i, I feel like i i also enjoy like a shooting the shit you know like your partner does so i just really really hate the what i view as like mundane stuff yeah but i know that i know that's I mean, like a personal preference yeah well yeah i mean to what degree does anybody like enjoy the like obligatory small talk that is not even about fun stuff yeah. that's just like about like what are your plans for this weekend you know, or like I thought no one like but that. then it seems like it seems like my friend that i was talking to like legitimately does like that. i am definitely a big fan of like i feel like the media like you know how so on our dating coach episode trey was talking about the 39 or 38 questions to fall in love or whatever i i am a big fan of people just coming in hot with the like intense like questions like when was the last time you cried like right off the bat like with strangers you know yeah i'm a i'm a fan of that too in person i don't like it as much on the internet but well on the internet when does that ever happen on the internet oh i mean like Like on 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 dating apps okay 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 i see what you're saying you know you know i mean that's the only time i guess and i'm not on dating apps so i guess that doesn't happen for me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i like yeah i i like a a skip over the bullshit i recently i've been going on dates with people or or with someone recently where we uh, we have had two dates and i do not know what they do for work that's great still i still don't know what they do for work (laughs) i like that it's fantastic they're going the dates are going great (laughs) you know yeah and like yeah that's like a really that's an indicator for me that's awesome First of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This is like such a fun yeah. like convo. Um, it's been great, obviously. And you've been awesome providing your expert insight on what it's like to be an introvert. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is your space. Do you have anything you want to plug before we go? You know, I mean, I guess I can just plug myself if anybody wants to connect with me. Instagram is probably the best place to do that. That uh, I'm at Krista Walsh Copywriter because that is my business. Um, but I also share a fair amount of like personal stuff on there too. And, um, introvert talk. So yeah. And as always, you can find us at I'm the villain pod. That's our Twitter. That's our Instagram. That's our Gmail. Otherwise. Bye.